Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Now, back to more Fred and Xander on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. For a while, the um, when you hear the Blackhawks news or things with the Blackhawks, it's got nothing to do with on-the-ice happenings or trades or anything else like that. It's a um, some a couple of alleged assault uh, lawsuits that are being brought up against the Blackhawks. Right, and this has been uh, a story. It started bubbling under, and it wasn't really, really well-known, and then it kind of popped. And, um, you know, since we've learned about this, the uh, organization has said that they hired a uh, firm a uh, uh, another firm, a contracted firm, to do the investigation right. into the background of all this alleged um, abuse and uh, how everything went down. And this is going back to 2010. Yeah, all the way back to 2010. New details have emerged about former Blackhawks video coach Bradley Aldrich's uh, alleged sexual assault of an unnamed player who is suing the team. Aldrich also subject of a second lawsuit by a former high school hockey player he admitted to assaulting. Um so, yeah, it's uh, a lot going on, and a lot of it comes down to uh, who knew what, when. And Steve Greenberg in the Sun-Times today said it's you can almost compare it to the Penn State situation. Well, it does seem like stuff. there's an awful uh, yeah. big cover-up going on, and it's starting to come to light. And it's, it, you know, we're going to have a lot of details here. Well, you would think somewhere along the line. And um, if you read, if you had a chance to read the Sun-Times yesterday, Ben Pope's article, and... Um, it's amazing what what had happened uh, allegedly, um, and um, Scotty Bowman talked the other day. Scotty, um, the other Bowman, what the hell's his name? Stan. Stan Bowman. He <laughs> talked. Like, uh, Scotty's talking. Yeah. Uh, he talked the other day and said basically it was the first time since the original lawsuits were filed, and uh, he basically said he doesn't condone or tolerate harassment or assault of any kind, but he won't talk extensively about the allegations until an investigation currently being conducted by the law firm Jenner and Black into the matter concludes. We need to give the experts the necessary time and latitude to do their job well. I'm eager to speak about this in more detail in the future, but for now, I have to respect the pending litigation and independent review that's underway. I'm not going to be able to make any comments about that at this time. We have to let the process play out. Um, now the one thing, one of the skills coaches with the Blackhawks, Paul Vincent, allegedly told a group of Blackhawks executives, this is from Ben Pope's article, uh, told them back in 2010, including then president John McDonough and current general manager Stan Bowman about the incident that happened May 7th on May 17th of 2010. But the executive group allegedly refused to notify the police. The Hawks claimed in a motion to dismiss earlier this month that they had no, quote, statutory duty, unquote, to report the incident because uh, John Doe, number one, was not a minor, not disabled, and not in a care facility. And so basically they're saying, listen, this person was an adult, and if there was a problem, they should have been able to deal with this on on their own. Right, but did they deal with it on their own? Yeah. That's the, that's the question, Yeah, right? Yeah. Because for anybody who is in a management position at a company, you know, if you are, if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, you know, this person is sexually harassing me or just being uh, uh, harassing, you don't pick up the phone and call the police. You handle it internally. 
you suspend somebody, you let them go, whatever the case may be. So they did definitely have a duty to do something, but it seems, and again, the, all the details aren't out here, but it seems like a general, a general cover-up. Yeah. And and the fact that the police weren't called isn't necessarily the story here as far as I'm concerned. It's the overall cover up and we're just finding out about this, you know, 11 years 11 later. 11 years later. Yeah. Unbelievable. Says here um the player was allegedly subject to homophobic and humiliating trash talking related to the incident for years at hockey practices and scrimmages at which Hawks employed coaches were present according to the lawsuit. The team quote permitted its players to repeatedly harass the player by calling him slur words and asking him if he wanted to engage in certain acts, according to the lawsuit. So it's as, um, it's as unruly and, and, and uh, dis- disgusting as you can imagine. Uh, and, and, and look, if we go back as fans, right, to think of that team, yeah. they're heroes. Yeah. And to even consider that yeah. now, that was really happening? Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, it really is. So, um, you know, more will come from that. We want to make sure we touch on that. Despite, you know, and we did talk about the other stuff, the trade, and, uh, you know, they had the draft last night, and they drafted some guy. Unfortunately, that, this story, Fred, is going to be the bigger story. Oh, sure it is. Much bigger. Yeah. And and no matter what the Hawks do on the ice, yeah, this and the resolution of this yeah. should be really interesting to follow, and we'll see. If anybody has to pay for this with their jobs that are still remaining from that time, and we know that there are a few. Yeah, there definitely are a few. Uh, listen, if you're headed on up to American Family Field and, you know, get take, there early. take Xander's advice, get there early. But you can be sure to uh, stop by the Mars Cheese Castle today from 2 until 4 o'clock. It's on your way up there, right there in Kenosha. Uh, stop on up from 2 to 4 and see... Um, Adam Abdallah. That's right. He's there. Come hang out with him. You'll also get a chance to win tickets for tonight's White Sox game in Milwaukee. He'll be there between 2 and 4. Uh, check it out. Uh, see, uh, Go on up and see Abdallah. He can use a friend. Um, <laughs> he's usually with Black this time. He'll be, you know, solo. He can use a friend. Yeah. Well, he's a nice use, guy. We all can use a what's friend. Your go-to great che- guy. What's your go-to cheese? Right off the top of your head, go-to cheese. Uh, pepper Jack or Monterey Jack? No, one. Okay, Pepper Just, Jack. Okay, Pepper Jack. Tell mozzarella. Them. Mozzarella. Mine's Swiss. Is it? Yeah. I, Swiss, Swiss goes means, with everything. Swiss goes with nothing for me. Really? I only get Swiss. Swiss is an acquired taste. I personally like it. I like it, but it is, I'm trying to think of the other polarizing food, but I guess it's kind of like tomatoes where you, people either love them or hate them. Okay. Swiss okay. does nothing for me. Really? No, I like something. Wait, have you never had uh, corned beef in Swiss? Yeah. It doesn't do anything for me. Wow. I don't know. 312 Your favorite cheese. Is your tongue burnt out? Your favorite cheese. I want your pepper jack. cheese. Pepper jack's my favorite. I love pepper jack cheese. Pepper jack is great. Yeah. But I have found lately, I told my, my wife, we do the grocery order, and she's the one that would be like, okay, what do you want? I'm just like, don't mess around. Go straight to the Swiss. Okay. It goes with the ham. It goes with the turkey. It goes with everything. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say something that Jason Bonetti would say. <laughs> Go ahead. You you picking your your decision to pick Swiss has some holes in it. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Uh, he, no rim shot. But Eddie can use that if he'd like to tonight. I, I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> so your favorite cheese? Uh, mine is yeah. Mine's definitely uh, pepper jack. I knew a kid in high school. One of my good friends. He would at school. He would have like a a block of cheese and. 
between classes, he would rip off a piece and have it as he put his books in for one class, grab but, another one. But and that's go. pretty revolutionary back in it the sixties or well, wherever. Seventies, because yeah, he right. didn't, there was no string cheese yeah, back and then. See, right. And and now you can buy that where you just peel it off. Yeah. And, and I have been known to take the string cheese out in the big like tube and just like bite it. Me too. And then it's like, no, that's the, you're taking away the fun. So I stomp and I peel it. Yeah, but it takes too long. Well, you just want. Well, the, it depends on your hunger level. Yeah. You know, my, how intense? My, my buddy who just cut off a if piece. If you're hangry, you got to get in there. Yeah, my buddy Larry. He, it tastes uh, better when you peel it, though. It does. You it's, think it does? It does. It does. The, when you look at it texture-wise, like the outside is a, I don't even know, It's it almost feels more silicone-y uh-huh. on the outside. Right, right. And then you when you get to the up. inside, it's more like pure cheese. So when you get string cheese, you get uh, always get the, the one sack. Mozzarella is usually the string cheese, right? It is. So, I think so, yeah. yeah. So, But do you ever get the ones, they have some that are like, you know. Um, there's like a swirl, too. Right, there's where a swirl. A cheddar mozzarella swirl. Right. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, and they're square. They're like square sticks instead yeah. of the round mm-hmm. ones. Yeah, I haven't seen and I don't that. think you get the silicone taste or the. I don't thing, think the, 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 look the texture. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it comes from more of a cheese thing. Well, I'm going to have to search that out. Yeah, so is that available in Wisconsin only? Oh, I'm sure. I think it's available I think everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But get a, get a, go on up to the Mars Cheese Castle. I'm sure that I'm sure that Abdallah is a cheese expert. It's an elevated cheese experience. Yeah. There. Yeah, and cheese is great on a lot of things. I love I love throwing Swiss cheese on into a hamburger. Eggs. I'm throwing Swiss back in there. Swiss on a hamburger. No, I, Swiss is awesome. It doesn't have enough taste to it in my mind. You my add opinion. a little salt to anything that you put Swiss. I don't in add system. salt to anything. I oh, put see, it. that's a problem. Yeah, you can have a little. Can't I don't. Add, I could. I could. I'm fine. You I just, don't have any numbers like that. So, okay, but wait a minute. How do you deal with French fries? Just nothing on the French fries. No, I never add salt to catch, them. No. Ketchup? Ketchup's fine, yeah. Okay. I know there's salt and ketchup and stuff like that. But I there's don't salt add... in everything. Yeah, I know. That's why you don't add anything. I, my family, everybody in my family puts salt on pizza. Pizza has salt in the cheese. Pizza okay. has salt in the sausage. Pizza has salt in the tomato sauce. Pizza has salt everywhere. And then they salt when I, was, it. when I was a kid, I did that. And in recent years, trying to just be smarter, it's yeah. like, yes, I realize that there's salt in every ingredient in pizza, so I don't. Yeah. It has no to be to. super bland. About the only thing I put <laughs> salt on is uh, vegetables. Like uh, heated vegetables, not raw vegetables, because like I'll dip raw vegetables right. into a you know dressing or something mm-hmm. like that. But I would never. Um, I don't. I would use salt on like, and sometimes I use garlic salt to gives it a little more flavor. Yes, because just regular salt just makes it salty. I get that. Yeah, I get that. Ah, Swiss. I can't imagine many other people would say Swiss. Really? Yeah. I could see it. It's a it's a niche cheese. <laughs> niche cheese. Is it? Yes. See, I would have thought like Pepper Jack or Monterey Jack. I don't know exactly, you know, where Monterey Jack comes from. See, I'm not putting Pepper Jack on corned beef. I'm just not doing it. No, it wouldn't fit. But see, this is what I'm saying. It is a versatile cheese. No, no, no. Swiss would go into all different directions. I'm with Fred. I don't think it's a very versatile cheese. No, I don't either. For me, it it is. It is sandwich or bust. Yeah. I don't know that I would put it on much of anything else. Like, yeah. you're not going to put Swiss cheese on pizza. You can't put it in a quesadilla. You can't put it in really I have put any... it in a quesadilla. I made it work. I like it. Well, that's, a, that's an odd quesadilla. That's weird. <laughs> that, that might need a, a little bit it's... of saucer. I'm trying to think when I have else. a corned beef sandwich. There, I don't, there's no Swiss involved. I don't oh, have Swiss. Oh, you have not lived unless you had a corned beef and Swiss. Huh. Come on now. Because I'll get, like, a corned beef at Manny's or something like that. Uh-huh. I'll get half corned beef, half pastrami. 
but I never put throw cheese. That, I never put Swiss cheese on, on it. Throw that Swiss on. I never put cheese on it. I don't know. Is that weird? Yeah. Um, 312-332-3776. White Sox lose 7-1. The Cubs winners yesterday. They're going at it again today. We talked a little bit about um, uh, your mean Mercedes. There's a bunch of other stuff going on in football. A lot of the uh, odds makers are changing their odds for wins for the Green Bay Packers because they have reports that say that their quarterback may retire next week. And I was I was here last week, and Tyler remembers we were talking. It's like uh, Hanley and I, and and I said, you know what, I I don't buy any of this BS. He'll, he'll be back to play. Yeah. And as soon as I say that, we start, and that's the way it's gone, right? It's flip flop yeah. back and forth. There's been evidence either way for months now. Yeah, we'll talk about it. When we come back. Some more football stuff out there about with COVID and uh, people taking tape, taking the vaccinations and not taking them and what the uh, punishment will be for some teams. We'll discuss all that. We come back. 312-332-3776 here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Now back to more Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000. So you heard during that commercial block, um, I think that's what they call it, right? Commercial block. Sure. Yeah. If, we, if you want to get super yeah. inside technical, uh-huh. stop set. Yeah. So you heard that, you know, football, Bears start football practice this week. And Cap and Jay Hood are going to be out and about and things like that. Um, so there's a lot going on as the NFL gets underway. There was a cool story about a guy. Turned out to be a cool story. It was a guy got shot. And um, he said he wanted to live because he wanted to be able to see Justin Fields' quarterback. So the Bears heard out, heard about it, and Fields and his dad went to the guy's house. And uh, oh, that is fabulous! Well, it's a great story. That. Yeah, very very cool story. Guy got shot. He didn't know he was shot. Uh, he he went down, and then all of a sudden the paramedics got him, and they go, "Oh yeah, you got a bullet hole there." And uh, he was in the hospital. So he had to take out his spleen and some other stuff. I should have had his name. I didn't know I was going to get into this, but I saw it on TV the other day, right. and it was very cool. And um, yeah, Fields and his dad came out out to the guy's house, gave him a ball and all this stuff, and. Um, he said, "Yeah, you know, hopefully I'll be able to." He goes, "I just want to be able to be around to live long enough to see him see a Chicago with a really good quarterback." So, so it was a serious injury. If he's yeah, he was in the hospital for a while. Okay, so but he's out. Okay, he's well out. that's good. He seemed to be doing okay. Okay, yeah, he was doing. He was standing up for an interview. Now, now we just have to get Justin in there and yeah. win a game for him. So, but if you're a Packers fan, you have no idea what's going on. Because I yeah, know he, a Packers fan. He may I be listening right now. Yeah. Well, I know one. My uh, buddy Larry, really, who really eats well. cheese out of his locker, is a Packers fan. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, uh, my Big buddy, surprise. my buddy has been analyzing this situation, and and he has just all but written him off. He's just done with it because yeah. there's just so much drama in the whole world of being a Packer fan. And it's not only that and he's but, holding them hostage. The whole fan base, I'm sure, feels like they're being held. Hostage. Yeah. And Devontae Adams doesn't get an extension, so this could be his last year with the Green Bay Packers. Now, Las Vegas, I'm reading this right off of a uh, story, um, says Las Vegas usually knows what's going on on Aaron Rodgers. Las Vegas reportedly thinks it's no, it knows what's going to happen. Now, according to SI.com, multiple sports books believe that Rodgers will announce his retirement before Wednesday's initial practice of training camp. 
the Westgate Super Westgate Superbook has closed all of its NFC North markets, including projected wins, playoff odds, division odds, and weekly lines for the four division teams. Oh, they're getting they're waiting for the reset. Yeah, points bet sportsbook, which uh, not long ago put the Green Bay Packers over under win total back on the board at nine, has once again removed Green Bay from the list of thirty two teams. DraftKings also has removed the Packers over under win total along with its Packers related team specials. Um, and the other teams all have theirs out there. So you know what? I will believe it when I see it on TMZ. Yeah, TMZ beats everybody. Yeah, seriously. Some people are saying, "Don't you follow TMZ?" No, I don't. I don't. Um, it says here Rogers has kept his uh, cards close to the vest. A retirement for twenty twenty one would make sense since it would help him avoid the $2 million in fines for holding out of training camp. However, he'd still lose about $6.8 million roster bonus earned in March and payable each week of the 2021 season. He also will be subject to a repayment of $11.5 million in unearned signing bonus money uh, for 2021. Then he could unretire in 2022 with the Packers trading him and Rodgers resuming his career. So no one's 100% sure what's going to happen with that. And that's this week. I mean, ESPN has NFL Live every day. Mm-hmm. Like every day, Monday through Friday, there's an NFL Live you can catch. And this week, you're going to have practices. Uh, the NFL Network's going to have what know, a busy wall week wall. Yeah. with this and the, and trade, the trade deadline. deadline right. Wow. Yeah. So the Bears at practice, NFL teams at practice this week. You get the trade deadline coming up on Friday. Um, I have no idea what's going to happen. I can't worry about what's going to happen with the Green Bay Packers. I'm more worried about what's going to happen with the Chicago Bears. I'm we reading... still have to win no matter what happens. Yeah, no matter okay. who your quarterback is. And there. now it may be easier if we play the when we play the Packers yeah. if he's not around. But we still have to win, and we have been our own worst enemy. Yeah, the Bears have. Um, yeah, the, offensively they've not been uh, great. Um, I I think they're Waddle and Sylvie were doing a thing earlier this week where I can't remember where the projections were for. I don't know if you were here, Tyler, or not. It was the fifteen most no. important Bears. That's no, 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 not to, okay. not that. Okay. But they were talking about where the Bears rank in offensive skilled players, um, and they were like twenty eighth on the list in uh, the NFL. And there's thirty two teams. In yeah, the NFL. that's not good. And you know, it was not counting quarterbacks. So it was your running backs, your wide receivers, your tight ends, things like that, the offensive weapons you have. And I guess nobody else in the country has much faith in Allen Robinson, um, Darnell Mooney, uh, Cole Komet, and David Montgomery. But I think if, in fact, Matt Nagy will actually give the ball to David Montgomery and throw the ball to Cole Komet, who could hold on to it a little bit better, mm-hmm. that they will have a couple of offensive weapons that slowly but surely may move up. Um, but also, I saw earlier this week that Justin Fields says, anytime I have a question, I go to Andy Dalton. He gives me the answers. He's with me all the time. He's always helping me out. Well, like the on-the-job mentor. Yeah, he's doing exactly what he's brought here to do. And Well, let's face it. He Yes, part of his role is to bring Justin up. Yeah. You know, and, and they were hoping that they would get a quarterback in the draft, and they did. So Andy's part of his gig is to mentor Justin. Yeah. You know, play, start, whatever, whatever they told you. I just love the, we haven't promised him he's, he'll be the starter, but we told him he was the starter. Yes. yes. What's the difference? I know. But that's part of his job, and uh, I'm glad to hear that he's doing his job. Yeah. Because I, I don't, it, it doesn't strike me as uh, Aaron Rodgers 
bringing up Jordan Love. Right. That doesn't strike me that way. No, no, me neither. 312-332-3776, your thoughts on the Rodgers retirement or the Bears coming into a practice this week. Uh, Andy Reid of the Kansas City Chiefs said that 90% of the Chiefs players are vaccinated, 100% of the coaching staff. But um, in Minnesota, not the same. Rick Dennison out as the Vikings offensive line coach and run game coordinator after um, after saying that he's not going to get um, vaccinated. He said, I'm not vaccinated. I'm not going to get vaccinated. So they said, OK, we're going to bring somebody else in because we need you all of our coaches to be vaccinated. You and I on this side of the glass, Tyler over there, I'm sure I know we did. And I'm sure Tyler did, too, because I have a son his age. We all had to get vaccinated before school. we started school yeah, or we for, couldn't go to school. Right. That's it. Yeah. It's not negotiable. So, and, and that has been the case since they came out with the polio vaccine. Right? Right. It's been a long time. That's, this is the same thing. Why is that? I, I, my parents never went and said, well, I, we don't believe in vaccines, so let my kid go to school and he's not getting vaccinated. Yeah. It's just something you had to do. It had to do yeah. to go to school. Uh-huh. And it's simple. Yeah. But you heard what the NFL did this week. Okay. The NFL said that if a game needs to be canceled because of COVID, that and they canceled. Now, yeah. no games were canceled last year. They played all the games. Right. So right. basically, if any game has to be canceled because of COVID, the what players will not to be, be paid. What would it take to be canceled? Yeah. If, we, if we made it through last year. Yeah, I know. Okay. That's why it was interesting that they came out and said that this week. Right. That, and you would get you you know you would get talk, um, talk about triggering people. Nobody nobody gets paid not just for the team that had it but also the team that couldn't play. Oh, that's going to work it. well. So now basically they're trying to enforce they're trying to make sure everybody who's had Players it. Players union loves that. Yeah. So it, it was interesting they they were just able to do that. 312-332-3776. Your thoughts about that? I know there's a lot of people out there and i'm not going politically okay there are a lot of people i know out there there are some people i know that have heart conditions or other things they're not sure how the vaccine and i know that there's a lot of, with them i i brought up the whole child vaccination thing right. because it, it really was that simple and i wish it were that simple now yeah. but but there are there are companies these are businesses and they have the right to say look this is what you have to do to be employed here yeah and and whether right. you like it or not, yeah, yeah, it's within their right to do that. It it is, and it's within somebody's right to say I'm not going to. It look, it's a messy situation. Yeah, it, it's very messy because there are there are a lot of the young players. Um, there are a lot of young people who are not getting vaccinated, mm-hmm. and they are saying we don't know 100 percent how that's going to affect us in the long run going forward. Right. Right. And people that have other conditions. Um, I can understand yep. if I if, can if their doctor says, "Listen, we're not one hundred percent sure how that's going to work and how it's going to be." If in fact you do get vaccinated, we don't know what the long term effects are right. of the vaccine, and and we don't know what the coach, um, the Vikings, uh, Dennison, Dennison, yeah, yeah he, we don't know why he said no, and it doesn't really even matter. No, the fact is, the Vikings dug their heels in and said, "This is what you need to do." He dug his heels in. 
and yeah. they split. Here's what the, here's what they said. I want to make sure I had the whole thing. Um, the NFL sent out a no-nonsense memo that was obtained by the NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. The biggest news from it was that if a team has a COVID-19 outbreak among unvaccinated players and a game cannot be rescheduled, the team is subject to forfeit the game. And if a game gets canceled because of COVID-19, none of the players from that game will get paid. So they are tracking who is vaccinated and who's not, and they will try to make an assertion as to if this was a a breakout among people who are not. Yeah. Even though you can get this. Again, if you're we have said this a million yes. times. You can get this even if you're vaccinated. It's just not as a critical a situation, possibly. Yeah. And uh, and there are people that have gotten it after vac- being vaccinated. But but does that make you less um, uh, less? Uh, you know, are you not as uh, subject to trans? You know, transmission to, of yeah, transmission. Of Let, let's go to Derek. Derek, real quick at Elgin. El, Derek, what's up? Hey, Derek. Hey, man, what's going on? Hey, you know what? I just wanted to bring up something. The CDC, I thought today, just announced those rapid tests aren't even reliable anymore. So all those NFL players that were, you know, uh, non-symptomatic, they may not even had COVID all last year. So what do you think about that? <laughs> Just another terrible yeah. variable in this whole thing. Yeah. Thanks, I mean, Derek. There's no solid ground here. No. There's none. Yeah. You, you don't know. And I always, I always question the rapid tests, but that's just me. Well, I, it, look, I, that was made. That was more for convenience, right? When I got than it, it was anything else. When I got it, people wanted me to go in and get one of the rapid tests and get the results like quickly. I said, you know what? I'd rather just go in and get it and find out for sure. If it takes a couple of days, I'd like to know. And because right, I, and that's what I'm saying. It was yeah. convenience for some. The rapid tests were we need to know now, right? ASAP. So get this done. And uh, you know what? Uh, my wife has traveled, and she had to get them a few times. And she never really felt like she had it. She wasn't sick, but she got the rapid test right. and returned. But I would imagine that they're, you know, the false positives. Well, we heard Andrew false Vaughn, negatives. Andrew Vaughn from the White Sox missed a game, a, a couple of games uh, earlier this year because of a false, false positive. Yep. And that, that happens, unfortunately. While the NFL, this is more from the article, while the NFL has not mandated players or coaches get vaccinated, the message all along has been clear. It has already prepared to make life much harder for those who remained unvaccinated. And now there are penalties associated with unvaccinated outbreaks. So we always know, we know too, you know, with baseball and with teams that have not reached the 85%. Um, there are certain things that can't be done. Right. And um, protocols they have to stick to, while the other yeah. teams who have yeah. don't have to. We'll talk about that when we come back. Also, we come back. Um, our ESPN 1000 broadcast team has been on the road for a while. Jason Benetti and Steve Stone have not been on the road at all. Right. Um, Boog Shambi and uh, Jim Deshays were in St. Louis, and they've been in Milwaukee before, but that's it so far. Mm. So we come back. Has has the broadcasting in your mind been affected by these broadcast teams, certain broadcast teams, not being able to go on the road? Let us know what you think. We'll talk about it when we come back. 312-332-3776 here on ESPN 1000. Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000. Also available on demand on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. So, a lot of broadcast teams not making trips. Um, the White Sox radio guys 
right here on ESPN 1000. Have been traveling for a couple of weeks now. Right. Let, it's, it's really it's almost maybe even a month. Yeah. It's really the TV side. Yeah. And TV usually has a few more people, mm-hmm. you know, and you need to show the broadcast booth. You got to have cameramen up there and you got to do a bunch of other things. Yeah, but you can actually rely a lot of times in these markets. You go to a market and they have a team that takes care of the away broadcast, right. you know, yeah. for you. That's that's there in that market. Now, I think that the idea that they're not traveling may be something to do with, uh, you know, Marquee Network or NBC Sports Chicago. Uh You know, they're kind of, it's their rules. Yeah. And their rules may be just to save money. Okay. Well, then there's that. And Brian and I actually talked about that last Well, one of the reasons it came up, and it always comes up, and I've heard about it throughout the course of the last couple of weeks and maybe even more than that, because, you know, Benetti and Stone are doing the games from, you know, Guaranteed Rate Field. And um, on the other radio side, um, Pat Hughes and uh, Ron Coomer are doing their games from Wrigley Field. They're still oh, they're not Rig- traveling. They're not traveling. Um, More and inconsistent. It really, it really affected a call from Boog Shambi a week ago. Hey, here's our Toyota home run replay brought to you by Toyota, official vehicle of the Chicago Cubs. If you didn't see Wilson Contreras go deep like me, this is what it looked like. <laughs> so... Yeah, that can happen. And sometimes a replay could be going on and a guy might jump on the replay and think it's actual, you know, an actual play that's happening. But this is just me and you may disagree with me and it happens on a daily basis, almost minute by minute basis. People disagree with me. But when I'm listening to a game, it doesn't matter to me if the people are at the stadium or not, because I've watched soccer long enough and the World Cups in soccer for Decades were done in the studio at ESPN. I had no idea. Oh, uh, for the longest time, they did some games. They did games from there. They wouldn't and why go. Why was that? Travel, saving money, mm-hmm. make it easier. Mm-hmm. You got cameras. You're reporting on what's going on with the ball. As I remember our discussion angles. last week, yeah. uh, you know, it, it was said, and I can't remember who said this. It was in an article that was written, but you know, oh no, there's not a money saved, but it's got. It has to be. Yeah, in, in some of these instances, right? It ha- or if not all, yeah. It has to be. Especially now, at this say, point with most people vaccinated, or a lot, a good percentage of people right, vaccinated. Right, 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 right. The broadcasters likely vaccinated. I would people like to think we've had the worst part of the pandemic is behind us. We'd like to think that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you, except when something goes wrong. That's when we notice. Like, boo. Well, there. Not only- or, or, Benetti, or or even going back to, and we were talking about this off air, during the hockey season, Foley and Olchek would get f- so frustrated because they wanted to show something. Yeah. They were almost calling to the truck on a live broadcast saying, can we see this replay, please? Yeah. And a lot of times they didn't have it. It wasn't there for right. them to see. Right. Yeah. So, and that doesn't happen if you are in a live situation. Yeah. Well, there are times when you're watching a game live where they may miss something, too. And, uh, it, it, you know, we, Boo Shambi talked about it there, but it also happened earlier this season, uh, here on ESPN 1000. Swing and a miss by, oh, that was a replay. <laughs> yep. Got me. Swing, <laughs> ball one on Grandall. Well, it's hard to have an eye, oh, one man. eye on the read and the other on the monitor. 
Unless you've got those special uh, eyes yeah. that can do two things at once. Grandpa Casper. <laughs> Doesn't everybody have those special eyes that can do two things at once? I think we all have can, those. Marty Feldman had them, didn't he? Yeah. He, he, he was the one that could, uh, like that uh, uh-huh. character in uh, uh, what the guy that held up his eyes. He was like in a cartoon, like... Uh, Ah, never mind. I'm having a flashback. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, acid yeah. flashback. I think <laughs> maybe so. Um, but yeah, that's that's really hard, and that's funny. That's the only way you can handle something like that is to have a little fun. Yeah, bring people into the background. Yeah, break down the fourth wall, as they said. I told the story about this before when I was younger. The Blackhawks games, they'd have West Coast games. There'd be a late night TV broadcast that started nine o'clock. And I'm up watching the game, and my dad's falling asleep in the easy chair and stuff like that. So after the first period, you know, the Hawks are up one nothing. Dennis Hall scored a goal or something. And between periods, they're showing the replays. And all of a sudden, there's a replay on him. My dad goes, goal! I said, yeah, yes, in the first period, you missed it. And then he's and like, he, I'm not sleeping. Yeah, of I'm course. I'm not sleeping. Rest of my eyes. Uh, it happens to more announcers than just Boog Shambi and Len Casper. John Sterling from the Yankees happened to him, too. Now here's Judge. Man, the breaking ball is hit in the air to deep left. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. Unfortunately, that was a replay of the home run. But it was a good replay. Hey, I'm sorry. It's on the monitor. What what am I supposed to do? This is a great way to do a game, isn't it? See, and and, and I know the broadcasters. I had not heard that. That's really funny. I hadn't either. The broadcasters, I understand how they all want to be there because when you're there, you get to go downstairs, you get to talk to the players, you get more information than you get by just watching the game one day, listening to post-game quotes or post-game Zoom conferences. I understand, especially radio guys. you got more time to fill in the radio, okay? Yeah. Um, and so if you're able to get those inside stories. and You, you, you did pre and post last week. Yeah. That's what you put in there. It's like, here, I talked to this guy, and he did this. I talked to this guy after the game last night. He told me about this. Maybe he wasn't on the Zoom call, but you're there. You're able to go down there and talk to him. Um, but, yeah, it's difficult for some doing games that way. Um, I understand that. But, you know, I I don't feel I'm losing anything. Um, I don't. I mean, if you disagree, let us know. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. I think if you have a real pro, you yeah. know, calling off a screen and nothing happens, you're not going to notice. Yeah. But I'm sure that they are doing a compromised version of the job that they want to do. Yeah, they, they signed up to yeah, do. Yeah. But I think it's probably more reality now because there is a cost saving, you know, uh, part of this. Right. Well, there, was it, um, well, this was a year or two ago, um, Tyler, but didn't ESPN did a lot of their basketball games from the studios too, didn't they? Are you talking about TV and pre pandemic? Yeah. There was yeah, there was a handful. I know there's some college football games. Right. A lot of their Olympic sports, I believe, well, I mean, are also yeah. done. Well, well Jason uh, Benetti's Jason Benetti's leaving to do baseball for the Olympics in, in Bristol. Right, right. He's not and, be or Stanford, Tokyo. Connecticut. Yeah, oh, right. Um, but yeah, no. The, a lot of the Olympics, I believe, are done that way too. Right. All, all the production and and all of the even the broadcasts of it, they're all. Most of them yeah. are done remotely. Like now, the that. basketball games, going back to that, what was the primary reason behind that? Do we know why See, that would have happened? As, as I'm thinking about it, it might have been basketball games right after COVID was over because I remember Schulman doing some games from the studio. Yeah, he would do some games from Charlotte. Yeah, that's right. Because that's where the big ESPNU studios are. Right, and that's what they would do. And they would do... But, 
for basketball, I'm sorry, you don't have to be there. I, I know you're a basketball guy, but don't you could call a game off the screen. You could, yeah. As long as you had the screen and there were no technical issues. Yeah. Right. And I think that becomes a part of it because I know that I think networks across the country really ran into, oh, well, the headset operations were different here and there. And you would run into problems that way. But I I would say, yeah, probably the easiest to call would be basketball, uh, especially given the replays that you'd be given. but. Uh, ba- the toughest part with baseball is, is when the ball's hit, because you can't, you don't know exactly where it's going. Right. Okay? It could be a line yeah. drive to shortstop. It could be a line drive off the left field wall. Yeah. You're not sure. No. And one of the other things about baseball too, and I heard this when someone, this was before the pandemic, but this was they're called Remy broadcasts. This was before when Remy broadcasts were really taking off. But with softball, pitcher starts to struggle. What's the first place you're going to look? You're going to look to the bullpen. Well, when you're not at the game, you can't look at the bullpen. Right. Which, that is kind of a big deal there. Yeah. So certain sports, it hurts more than others. Yeah. Well, I think I think at, um, certain places have, have cameras in the bullpens, like yes. for baseball. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a- something that they've adapted to now right. that it's become a bit more of the mainstream. Yeah. You know what I saw yesterday up at... Uh, the- American, American Family Field. I'm still not used to that. It's Miller Park. Yeah. Uh, they had a little scoreboard above the uh, the uh, the um, the um, out where they're you know they're warming up the bullpens, reaching for that word. Yeah. They had a little scoreboard that said Bummer was up and whoever was up for the Brewers. Yeah, and I've not seen that before. Years ago, they used to. Yeah, they have that ago. at Wrigley now, too, because you can't see the bullpens anymore. Right. Yes. Yes. Since they're all tucked underneath the, the wall, but yeah. they had that at Wrigley. But you could definitely see them, especially I, I had nosebleed seats. You could definitely see the bullpens, but that was just nice to have to glance over because I would imagine the, the announcers, that's where they're getting everything. They're not trying to see, okay, who's up, what's the number, if they're not getting in, they're trying to do it visually. The first year, the first year of Miller Park, I was working somewhere and I wanted to go, so I didn't have anybody to go up there with. So I worked one day and then just drove up there on my on my own mm-hmm. and bought a fifty dollar ticket and sat like four rows behind the dugout, the third base dugout, just in the next section towards the outfield, and just had great seats by myself. A great seat, I guess I used to. Great seat, A yeah. great seat uh, by myself, just so I can enjoy the ballpark and get out there and check it out. And then I'd gone there a couple times after that. I love that park. I think it's great. Have you been there uh, when the roof is closed? No. No, have not. Um, you know, I may have. The second or third time I was there, it might be the, when the roof is closed. As we, it was a last-minute decision. It was um, open yesterday, though. Yes, it was. Yeah. Last-minute decision uh, to go to the game yesterday, and I'm looking, and I'm like, oh, I should check weather. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't have to worry about that. No, no, no weather concerns. Well, yeah. that's the beauty why, of the retractable roof. Wouldn't yes. it be nice if we had one of those in town? It'd be well, that's what I was going to say. I'm a Chicago uh, sports fan. Yeah. I've never had to even consider. Wouldn't it be that. nice if all ballparks, all baseball stadiums, had retractable roofs? The one in Houston, the one in Seattle's got one too. Right, Seattle. Well, right, yeah, that yeah. would make sense, right? Because yeah. of the all the rain, all that the rain. Get. Yeah, it'd be great to have. I, people go, I like the sunshine. Fine, so do we. But if it's raining, you won't have the game called but off. But Houston closes it because it's hot. That's kind of worse. So does, so does uh, Arizona. Yeah, Arizona. And, and, uh, well, both the I Florida think you stadium. should play unless unless there's a no, condition no, that stops open. stops you from playing. Yeah, leave it open. So so basically, you're saying there's I'm no saying, reason to spend that much money on on needing it six times a year or something like that. 
Right. Well, what I'm saying is if you're in Arizona and you're playing ball and it's just hot, you close the roof, knock it off. Wait till it rains. No, it's too freaking hot. The, no. the heat is not going <laughs> to stop till, the game. Wait till a team goes to Vegas, there. too, yeah. oh, when know. it's going to be 115 in Absolutely. the summer. Absolutely. When the A's go to Vegas yeah. in just a couple of years, Vegas is going to be jumping. We Will come they back. Be the Aces? No, I think they're going to stay the A's. I don't know. We come back. I got Cubs lineup. They play this afternoon against the Diamondbacks. Um, Fred Hubner, also Mark Xander. Xander, here on ESPN 1000. You're listening to Fred and Xander. This is Chicago's home for sports. Live stream ESPN 1000. Or take a listen to our other shows on demand. It's the all-new ESPN Chicago app. We'll rattle off the Cubs lineup to you in just a little bit. Hey, be sure to stop by Mars Cheese Castle today, 2 to 4. See my guy, Adam Abdallah. Great guy. Talk to him about craft beer also. Uh, you can or hang out with him. against the machine. Yep, all that stuff. He, he loves his music. Um, hang out with him. You'll also have a chance to win tickets to tonight's White Sox game in Milwaukee. That's 2 to 4. Mars Cheese Castle on your way up to Milwaukee today. Now, um, your mean Mercedes isn't going to Milwaukee. He's in Charlotte and he's playing, but apparently, uh, Hector Gomez has a podcast, I guess. And there's a podcast and they had a chance to talk to Ozzy Guillen. And Ozzy, the former White Sox skipper, none too happy with what's been going on this week with your mean Mercedes. First of all, you're not Otani. You're not Abreu. You're not Tim Anderson, you are a cheeseburger kid, fat boy. You're lucky to be in the big league. You're lucky some people got hurt, and you have a great start of the season. And I'm saying this for all national media. All you guys, just see things and hear things before you connect into it. First of all, you blame Tony La Russa. First of all, Tony La Russa played this kid 200 at-bats after. after. That happened, okay? This kid hit 110 after that happened. The day that his day he got sent down, I interviewed this kid a couple of days before, and this kid really uh, uh, confused me, okay? So when he told me people pay to watch me play, I didn't even hear those words from Frank Thomas. I didn't even hear those words from well, well, Jim Thomas. Wait a minute. So he is. Uh... Yeah. He's impassioned. Uh-huh. And, and he's really responding to the whole idea that people have brought this stupid assertion into this yeah. that Tony La Russa was a little too hard on him. So the kids kind yeah. of, yeah, you know, uh, having issues with that. And that's not it at no. all. And, no, and, and from what we understand, it's not it from your mean either. I mean, it's a situation where he's in, you know, he is not hitting. You're you're a player. You're not hitting. You get sent down. You got to deal. And that's with it. the way this game yeah. works. If, uh, and it, it's been working like that for years. If you're a 28 year old and you feel that you can do something better, go right ahead. But otherwise, it's up to you. Yeah. Otherwise, suck it up. Play the game. See if he can get back. And he homered the other day, which was nice to see. And quit with the attention grabbing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know that's what happens when all of a sudden you go eight for eight and you're the talk of Major League Baseball. Well, yeah, and then you have social media to yeah. further your agenda. But like Ozzy said, he's, he's no Otani. He's no Tim Anderson. He's none of these things. Quickly, line up for the Cubs as they get ready to go against the uh, yeah, Arizona Diamondbacks. For a few of those players. Ortega in center field, then you've got uh, Bryant uh, hitting second in left field. Baez at short. Rizzo is hitting cleanup. 
He's hitting like 191 the last month. Uh, he's hitting fourth. Contreras behind the plate. Patrick Wisdom at third. Jay Hay is in right field. Nico Horner hitting eighth. And I'm seeing here, um, what's he got to do to, to not hit eighth? I mean, he had a nice two-run single yesterday. He got thrown out going to second trying to stretch it. But Have uh, somebody be traded away? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that's a possibility. Alec Mills will be on the hill for the 120 first pitch at Wrigley Field. We'll be back again tomorrow. I uh, have a lot more stuff. I have our rock pull. We get to talk about Kistory, the uh, two-part documentary on uh, the history of Kiss. Yes, I was impressed. And I learned stuff. I learned a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. which was cool. Thanks to Tyler Rocky for all of himself, Pat Boyle, and Adam Rinberg for jumping on in. Thanks for listening on ESPN 1000.